All right, we've got the Rangers, we've got the Wild, and we have a very special crossover edition of Locked On New York Rangers and Locked On Wild taking a look at the matchup between these two teams on Thursday night. All right, welcome back, Ranger fans, Wild fans, general hockey fans. A very special crossover edition for you guys here today. This is John Chick with Locked On New York Rangers, joined by my good friend here, Seth Topol of Locked On Minnesota Wild. And uh, Seth, you know, it, we got a highly anticipated rematch here. The last clash between these two teams only about a week ago, not even. And really a game that had a little bit of everything. And obviously a big win for the Wild, you know, snapping a losing streak and coming back from three goals down. Uh, your thoughts on that first matchup between these two teams, which kind of uh, stole the show as far as the NHL is concerned uh, on that night that it happened. Well, it's ironic because uh, that seems to have been the spark that got the Minnesota Wild off the mat early on. They fell behind 3-0 in that game. Philip Gustafson was pulled. Marc-Andre Fleury comes in, and uh, he helps stabilize things in net. The Minnesota Wilds start to mount a comeback. They end up winning in a shootout, and uh, ever since they uh, played the Islanders uh, on Tuesday night, probably one of their more complete wins of the season. And so it's it was a start that we are very familiar with so far this season, early multi-goal deficits, a uh, combination of bad defense, bad goaltending, um, leading to just a, a frustrating start to the game. But uh, thankfully, on the wild side, they were able to uh, overcome that and uh, come away with the win. And uh, obviously, it's been uh, a busy last 24 hours for the Minnesota Wild with a couple of uh, trades that were made as well. So um, it just feels like this team is starting to kind of get back to where we expected they would be um, before some of these early season struggles took place. Yeah, it's interesting to hear you say that because honestly, like from a Ranger fan perspective, watching that game, like I was less upset about my team losing a game in which it led by three goals than I normally would be for a few reasons. I mean, to begin with, it was three to nothing before you could blink. And obviously there's a, a lot of game left and you have to keep playing. Uh, also the fact that that's, you know, their only loss in their last eight games. So, you know, you can't win them all. But I, I was saying, I, I said this in my recap episode, Seth, when, when that game was over, I said that like that's as desperate and as, as hard as a team has played against the Rangers all season. You know, obviously the Wild got off to a rough start in that game. And you mentioned Gustafson being pulled in favor of Flurry, but man, once they stepped on the gas, I mean, they, they were treating that like a must win game. And, um, you know, from, from your point of view, most impressive win of the season thus far, thus far for the wild. I think most impressive. Yes. Because you look at what the wild were able to do after those first seven minutes of the game. I mean, they, they ended up with 93 shot attempts in that one. And really, if not for the efforts of Jonathan quick and net for the Rangers, that ends up probably being a regulation win for the Minnesota Wild with how they played. I mean, there was a stretch in the third period, the final seven minutes of that third period, where it was all on the Rangers side of the ice. I think I counted three instances in which the Rangers were actually able to clear the puck. But beyond that, it was one shot attempt for New York down the stretch. And so if Jonathan Quick isn't able to just absolutely stand on his head, and I know people may look at the numbers and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
a goalie gives up four goals in regulation and you're going to say he stood on his head. I'm here to tell you he stood on he his head. That was Third. some electric yeah. goaltending by Jonathan Quick to keep that game uh, tied at four. And so for the Rangers perspective, obviously uh, you guys are dealing with some injuries uh, here as we move through the uh, last since we had these two teams meet. And so at this point for the Rangers, I'm sure you feel really good about the start. And, uh, you know, a game here, a game there, not really going to uh, to mean a whole lot in the grand scheme of things. But um, I, I'm sure um, it's got to be encouraging what you've seen from the Rangers so far this year. Yeah, for sure. I think the biggest highlight so far was that five game road trip. You know, they start the season two and two five game road trip coming up. And all right, you know, we're going to be testing and let's see how we how we do here. And uh, I don't know that I'm, I'm usually pretty optimistic, kind of glass half full on my show, but. I did not see them going 5-0. and uh, That was awesome. And not that they don't have it in them, but just the fact that you know, you've got a new coach in town, new system and everything, and everybody kind of getting used to each other. Like, I wouldn't think that any team in that position with, with a five-game road trip that early in the season with a new coach would go 5-0. and But uh, they pulled it off, a couple of overtime wins, um, you know, high-scoring wins, low-scoring wins. They, they pretty much did it all. So, uh, yeah, very, very encouraging start. And um, yeah, I mean, for me, they they certainly exceeded my expectations for the month of October. It's one of those things where, you know, they didn't really have too tough of a schedule early in the season. And so before the season started, I was talking about like, OK, let's let's try to just keep our heads above water here. Let's finish October like a game above 500, maybe two games above 500. And, you know, everything will be all right. We got everything in front of us at that point. But um, yeah, man, they, they've killed it. And uh, it, it's been a thrill to watch them so far. Well, and it just it looks like a team that is just doing all the right things. And I had a chance to talk with uh, Johnny Lazarus about this last week. It just looks like a Rangers team that's doing all the things that they need to do. They've got a good power play. They've got a good penalty kill. They're great on defense. They're great on offense. They've got good goaltending. It's like, what's not to like about what you've seen so far from the Rangers? And I think it really stems from just a change in uh, change in voice in bringing Peter Laviolette in to lead this team after Gerard Gallant did for the last couple of seasons. And so it's one of those situations where the results on the ice, I think, speak to how much this team has uh, has really uh, gravitated towards the message that Laviolette is preaching. Yeah, it's interesting because obviously, you know, they're, you know, they, they move on from Gerard Gallant and that means we're going to have our third head coach in the last four years. And, you know, you look at the list of candidates and who's available and all that. And, you know, you look at Peter Laviolette and he was always sort of like the safe choice, quote unquote. But the safe choice is not necessarily the bad choice either, because you look at his track record. I mean, man, everywhere he goes, he wins. He, uh, you know, three of the teams that he's coached, he's at least taken them to the Stanley Cup finals. And somebody who, you know, is not going to put up with any nonsense. You know, he's he's very he's tough, but fair. I think that's the best way you can describe Peter Laviolette. Um, he'll, he'll get on you if, if you're not playing well, but I think he's got his players backs too. So, um, that's kind of a, a good balance there. And, um, yeah, I mean, again, it, it really could not have started a whole lot better. There's always things you can nitpick. And, you know, I think right now they're taking too many penalties and, um, you know, the penalty kill has kind of masked that a little bit because it's been so good. Uh, eventually they're going to have to hopefully cut back on that a little bit, but, uh, Seth, somebody I got to ask you about, man, because very popular ranger. When he was with uh, the team, obviously spent a lot of time here, was with the 2014 squad that went to the finals. Matt Zuccarello, man, 36 years old now and playing some of the best hockey we've ever seen him play. He had that horrific injury where he basically had to relearn how to talk. And 
Um, just, just scary stuff. And, and to see him doing this for the Minnesota Wild has been awesome for me. And I imagine you and Wild fans have to be pretty happy with what you've been getting from Matt Zuccarello. Yeah, I mean, you look at what he's been able to do over the last uh, handful of seasons. Two years ago, he was nearly one of three players to set the uh, single-season points record for the Minnesota Wild. Now, obviously, Kirill Kaprizov ended up setting that with over 100 points, but Zuccarello, before he got hurt late in the season, was on pace for 85 himself, which would have been a wild record through a full season. He has just created this dynamic duo with Kirill Kaprizov since he got here. The two of them have become best buds, and um, a lot of what they do uh, is in working together to create just some unreal scoring opportunities uh, when they're out there on the ice. It is ironic because one of the things that uh, I think has led to just more balance in the lineup is actually breaking Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello up on a line. So now you've got... Kaprizov, Marco Rossi, and Matt Boldy on your top line. Zuccarello is with uh, Ryan Hartman and Marcus Johansson on the second line. But Zuccarello in the two games since that has happened has been better. Uh, and so he is a guy that I think we're seeing still has plenty left in the tank. He obviously loves it here in Minnesota, which is why he uh, signed for a couple more years after this season is done. He wants to finish his career here, and honestly, I have no problem with that at all if he continues to produce like he has. It's no coincidence that some of his most productive seasons in his career have come here um, since he came to Minnesota and since he became an integral part of what this team is looking to do. And so he's been he's been a fun player to watch. Um, he is, I think, a very underappreciated leader on this team. Um, you've obviously got some more of your your vocal players, such as Marcus Foligno. Um, Pat Maroon obviously brought in to be more of a, a vocal leader, too. But I think there are a lot of players that look up to Matt Zuccarello in that locker room. And so he just has become he's become intertwined into this team's success over the uh, the last few seasons. And I mean, it's just a huge part of it. And I don't think it's talked about enough how important he is to uh, what this team does. Yeah, he was uh, beloved in the New York Ranger locker room. And it's no surprise for me or probably any Ranger fan listening to this that, you know, the same has, has been true of his time in Minnesota there. So obviously great to see and uh, truly one of the feel-good stories. You know, Matt Zuccarello looked like he was slowing down a little bit and right back to being like an elite player, basically, in this league. It, it, it's really a cool story. Um, Seth, definitely want to keep talking here and uh, talk a little bit about you know, what could be a little bit of a goalie controversy in Minnesota. We touched on that briefly, but wanted to ask you about that. A couple other things as well. First, though, we definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers and Locked on Minnesota Wild is brought to you by Jace Medical. We spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits. I'm thankful for that connection that we have. And today, I want our chat to be a little more personal. Whether you're on extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you are covered, my friend. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical, life-saving antibiotics, and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I am thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. 
I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code locked on for $20 off of your purchase. All right. And so Seth and I would just like to thank everybody for making Locked On Rangers and Locked On Wild your first listen every day. Both shows free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. And uh, Seth, to keep everything rolling here, man, um, wanted to ask you a little bit about the, the goalie situation there. Obviously, you've got uh, Gustafson, who was yanked in the game against the Rangers after giving up, I believe it was three goals and four shots. Um, so rough start there. But Marc-Andre Fleury came in and kind of held it down and allowed you guys to come back. But, you know, I'm just kind of looking at how it's gone so far this season with the goalies. And, you know, Gustafson, I I, I want to say has played in like, he's gotten two more starts than Flurry, but Flurry's outplayed him. I know it's a small sample size. I know Flurry's a little bit older and uh, we'll see if he can handle a big workload. But just your thoughts on the goalie situation. I mean, do they, do they, should they be giving Flurry a few more starts or you think they stay the course with Gustafson? I think they're going with Flurry until Philip Gustafson can kind of get himself back on track. It hasn't been great statistically for Philip Gustafson so far this year. Obviously, it's not all his fault. The defense early on in the season has been horrendous. And so uh, the Wild have tried to get that back on track. Uh, the moves made yesterday to trade Kalen Addison to San Jose and to bring Zach Bogosian in from Tampa Bay, I think we're a sign that they're trying to do just that. Uh, play The play of uh, Iowa Wild captain Dakota Mermis up in Minnesota has been uh, a huge part of why this team has gotten back on track too. But ultimately, it's a situation where I think Philip Gustafson is, is trying to anticipate more than react to what's going on out there on the ice. He's almost trying to get in position for what he thinks is coming as opposed to simply reacting to what's happening on the ice. And so the wild are going with Mark Andre Fleury right now because he's been a veteran. He's been through situations like that before. We got to remember too, that this uh, past season was Philip Gustafson's first full season as an NHL goalie. He had a cup of tea in two different seasons for the Ottawa senators, but this was his first full season as an NHL goalie. And so as teams kind of develop a book on how to attack him. Now it's on him to come up with ways to uh, to defend against that. And so he'll get there. I'm I'm not worried about him long-term, uh, just all of a sudden completely unraveling after being one of the best goalies in the league last year. It's just a situation where he just has to do a little bit of work on film and uh, just have to try to iron some things out and get some things tightened up. And so... Until he's able to do so, I think we'll see Flurry get the majority of the starts with the fact that tonight's game is a back-to-back -back, uh, with the Wild playing the Sabres tomorrow night. You're going to see probably, um, I would imagine, Gustafson against the Sabres, Flurry against the, the Rangers here tonight. That's just my guess, but they're going to still need him. You need two goalies to get through a season, and so the sooner he can kind of get himself back on track, the better, but... Um, it doesn't sound like the Wild are the only team in this matchup that have a little bit of a goalie mess. And so I'll flip it back to you, John. Just tell us about what's going on with Igor Shosturkin and now with Jonathan Quick as we get set for this matchup. 
So it is conceivable. I mean, we're, we're as we're recording this, we're less than 24 hours away from the puck dropping on this game. It's conceivable that any one of four different goalies could start this game for the Rangers because Igor Shesterkin, it's believed to be a pretty mild injury, but, you know, given where they are in the season, given the fact that they're off to a good start, I would think they'll probably continue to err on the side of caution as far as when he gets back into the lineup. It's not like they're, you know, their season's falling apart and, oh my God, we got to get him back out there. So they can kind of exercise caution there. Um, Jonathan Quick now listed with, I want to say, an upper body injury, um, which is weird because, you know, he played the last game, played very well, and um, didn't seem to suffer an injury during the game. But um, apparently he's on the injury report now, too. And they've called up, have the Rangers, uh, Louis Domingue, you know, veteran journeyman goalie, has kind of bounced around the league and, and bounced between the NHL and the AHL. So he's there. And they've also called up Dylan Garand, who has yet to play a game at in the NHL. Um, he's played pretty well for the Hartford Wolfpack between last year and got off to a pretty good start this year as well. Former fourth round pick and the Rangers do seem to like him. So man, your guess is as good as mine and it's going to make it uh, difficult to predict the winner of this game. Cause we could have uh, a Vesna winner or we could have somebody that's <laughs> never played an NHL game. So, uh, I don't know. I, I'm interested to see how it shakes out. And I mean, look, I'd love to have Igor back out there, but, um, if it ends up being Doming or if we get Garand, making his debut, you know, I'll, I'll just have fun with it and uh, all the best to them. And hopefully they can, uh, they can at least give the Rangers a chance. Yeah. It's, it's a long play right now. It's not the postseason doesn't start tomorrow. And so the biggest key is getting everybody back and healthy at this point in the season. So it's like picking a card out of a deck and whoever it ends up being, we'll, uh, we'll see how things play out, but it should, it should make for, I think an interesting matchup between these two teams uh, because the Rangers obviously dealing with some other injuries uh, at this point in the season. Obviously, Adam Fox still uh, on long-term injured reserve. How's the rest of the health for the Rangers uh, heading into this game? They've probably, it's crazy because probably this season, they've already had more injuries than they had all year last year. Last year, the only players that I can remember missing more than like a game or two here or there, you know, Philip Hedl missed some time. Ryan Lindgren missed some time. And actually, Philip Hedl, is one of the players that's out right now. Um, you know how it is with these injuries. Uh, they're very vague about it. It's either upper body injury or lower body injury, and we're all just kind of left to guess what it is and uh, how long they might be out. I mean, I, they probably do that to prevent players from being targeted in those areas when they come back. But um, yeah, upper body injury for Heedle. There seems to be some belief that it's a concussion. Uh, I'm not a doctor. I don't know that for sure. Let me make that clear. Um but obviously, if that is the case, it, it's one of those things where you never know how long it's going to last. Um, and they're no joke. You know, concussions are, are are meant to be taken very seriously. And kind of the same thing. I mean, it's obviously a different injury, but the same thing with Igor. There, there's no reason to rush him back out there. Um, he had been centering the second line with uh, Panarin and Lafreniere, but they've been going with Trocek there. And uh, that's a pretty nice fallback plan to have. You know, when you have Vincent Trocek centering the third line for a good chunk of the season, he can step in there under the second line in uh Heedle's absence uh that that's a good thing but as far as the injuries I think that's everything you know Fox there's no replacing him phenomenal defenseman but I, I mentioned this in my last episode the Rainer defenseman against Detroit all played very very well uh in that game so if everybody can just step up a little bit you know again you can't replace Fox but they can they can soften the blow a little bit and, and somebody that's really impressed me is Eric Gustafson you know picking him up for one year 800k he can do some of the things that Fox does, albeit not at the same level, but an offensive defense and somebody that can quarterback your power play and, um, you know, a veteran who's been around and, and knows how to play in this league. 
Well, uh, it it should be a fun matchup, and so uh, tell you what, let's uh, let's pause and let's dive into the particulars of this matchup between the uh, the Wild and the Rangers with some players to watch, some keys to the game, and of course predictions. We'll talk about all of that as we continue today's crossover edition of Lockdown New York Rangers and Lockdown Wild. After this. Today's episode of the Lockdown Wild and Lockdown New York Rangers podcast is brought to you by Parkview Advance. As a business owner, you realize there are times when receivables might fall behind, but that doesn't mean you need to fall behind on vendor payments, payroll, or rent. For more than 25 years, Parkview Advance has helped businesses secure working capital from $5,000 to $1.5 million. Parkview Advance can approve your working capital in as little as 24 hours. It's a much easier process than you might imagine. Parkview Advance invites the many entrepreneurs that are locked on NHL fans to learn learn more by giving them a call at 203-675-0071 or go to parkviewadvance.com. If your business needs working capital, call Parkview Advance today. Parkview Advance, helping businesses with their working capital. Go to parkviewadvance.com. All right, we'll go ahead and keep everything rolling here. And, uh, you know, Seth, one of the matchups that really kind of stood out to me in this in this game, I always like to look at, you know, the special teams for both sides. And, and with the Rangers and the Wild, there's something that appears to be a mismatch in the Rangers' favor. Now, of course, I'll say this, and it, it won't turn out this way at all. But the Rangers right now, pretty lethal on the power play, number two in the league. I believe they have at least one power play goal in all but one game so far this year. And the Wild, I checked, man, uh, 32nd out of 32 teams. Um, I, you're shaking your head, man. So I got to ask, what, what's what's going on with the PK? Is it just a lack of structure? Or do they not have the personnel to kill penalties right now? I mean, just, just what's going on there? Well, we're seeing, number one, how integral of a part Jared Spurgeon plays in the penalty kills success. But it's a lot of chasing. I mean, I, I think this was very... Uh, painfully illuminated against the New Jersey Devils the last time the Wild played them and the Devils went two for three on the power play. They were just chasing too much. And it was a Devils team that was just able to spread things out and get half of the penalty kill going towards the boards and uh, the other half just kind of not really sure where they need to be. And it just was way too easy uh, for them to succeed. It's It is the dead last penalty kill in the NHL. And in fact, if you combine the Wilds power play and penalty kill total, also dead last uh, in the NHL in that metric as well. Now, the power play is is bottom third. They're, they're in the 15 16% range. They did have a goal against the Islanders uh, going with a five-man forward group on that top power play unit, which is, is an experiment as well. But I think it just comes down to just being sure of what's going on. The lack of communication has led to some uh, good opportunities for opponents at times this season. And so the guys got to communicate out there. It looked better against the uh, New York Islanders. There was just a lot better job done of pressuring without just completely breaking down in front of the net. And it also helps if your goalie makes the saves while you're uh, on the penalty kill as well. So hopefully it's starting to trend in the right direction. But uh, yeah, so far this season, the Wild special teams have been just abysmal. And um, it worries me heading into a matchup because the other side of the coin is, well, we're just going to commit less penalties so we don't go on the penalty kill as much. 
that that's not in the cards for this Minnesota Wild team. They they are one that that commits their fair share of penalties throughout the season, and so it's going to have to correct itself because it's more likely that the penalty kill improves than the penalties stop. Makes sense, and I can relate a little bit because as a Ranger fan, you know, up until like two years ago. For my entire fandom, I don't think the Rangers ever really had that good of a power play. Even years where they've been really good and made deep playoff runs and even made it to the finals in 2014, the power play was never really that much of a strength. Um, so it's one of those things where I certainly appreciate it now that, you know, obviously they have the personnel and uh, the guys complement each, each other very well, uh, the players that do play on the, the Ranger power play unit. Um, but I, I want to ask you also about Kaprizov. You know, we, we talked about him a little bit earlier in the episode. And it's just crazy what an outstanding player this guy has become in such a short amount of time. And the, the thing that I knew, but I kind of forgot about until I was looking at it today, he was a fifth round pick, went number 135 overall. And I mean, one of the one of the top players in the league now. So do you remember when the Wild drafted him? Was there any way to know or to, to think that like, wow, he, he this guy, maybe he's a sleeper, a little bit of a diamond in the rough, or uh, were you just as surprised as, you know, a lot of other people were, I'm sure. If I recall correctly, when he was drafted, I know there was a little bit of he had a little bit of a pedigree by that point um, from playing overseas. Um, obviously, he developed a ton of his reputation playing in the KHL and spent a lot of time over there, which is why it took him so long to uh, to come here stateside. But I don't think anybody expected that he would have this kind of impact on this team. I mean, every record essentially that stands for this Minnesota wild team now has Kirill Kaprizov's name behind it. It just, it shows you how infrequent it's been for this franchise to have that star type player on the roster. The guy that had all the records for the most part before this Marion Gabrick, and he ended up leaving the franchise to uh, to go elsewhere because they didn't uh, want to pay him as much money as he was certainly worth. Wilder hoping that doesn't happen again, by the way. Uh, but right. <laughs> Kaprizov has just been, he's just been such a force for this team. And every time he's on the ice, you watch to see what he's going to do. Now he has gotten off to a little bit of a slow start this season, but we're seeing signs that he's pulling his way out of it. But still, Every time he has the puck, you're watching to see what he does next because either he's going to skate around the entire perimeter of the zone, he's going to just deke some player out of their skates. Uh, he every bit of the arsenal is in his back pocket, and so it's just it's so much fun to watch him do his thing because I think to myself every time he makes some new crazy play, it's like, well, yeah, I could never do that. So it's it's fun to see somebody who has that athletic ability and fully utilizes it. Um, he's just he's just one of a kind. He's he's special. He's he's taking more of a leadership role on this team. Uh, it really seems like he's just continuing to uh, continuing to ascend into what will be uh, a very illustrious and uh, goal filled career. Yeah, for sure, man. Definitely one of the the more exciting players uh, in this league. And and like we were saying, you know, he pretty much came out of nowhere, fifth round pick. A little bit of an afterthought anytime you're drafted that late, but uh, this guy's the real deal. And uh, yeah, you, you want to put a championship team together. It's always nice to be able to hit on a couple of those late round picks for sure. Um, and as we look ahead to this game, I wanted to ask you because we know about Kaprizov. Certainly, Ranger fans know about Zuccarello. Um, give me like, is there like an under the radar player on the Wild who's 
played well recently, who's kind of impressed you, who you think, uh, hey, maybe this guy has a big game against the Rangers. Anybody that kind of fits that description for you? Well, I'm going to keep with the guy that has been, I think, the biggest surprise for this team all season, and that's Marco Rossi. The hope was with Wild fans this year that he was going to be somebody that looked like an NHL player, that blended into what was going on, didn't make egregious mistakes. Oh, and he's tied for the lead in the NHL amongst rookies with goals with Connor Bedard with five. He has been just he's been just fantastic so far this season, and he looks like a guy that's getting better every time he takes the ice. He makes winning plays. He's not afraid to mix it up. He's not afraid to get down and dirty on the boards for puck battles. Oh, and he wants to shoot it every time he's got the puck. So that confidence and that just that bulldog mentality that he has developed has served him well this year. And so if you are a Ranger fan watching this game, and you'll see him a lot because he'll be on the line with Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Boldy, keep an eye on number 23 because he's starting to add a little bit of that uh, those skating tricks that Kirill Kaprizov has uh, because I think his confidence has just hit that level. So keep an eye on Marco Rossi because there is a good likelihood that he is either going to have a goal or he's going to do something that's going to impact how this game turns out. Absolutely. We'll, we'll definitely keep an eye on him. And if I could throw out a Ranger, I would say probably going to be, I'm going to go with Will Cooley. You know, he's somebody that came up last year, former second round draft pick and had four games with the Rangers last year, quick cup of coffee, uh, made the team out of training camp this year, which is a little bit of a surprise, not like shocking, but I think the odds were probably against him making it, had a great training camp, had a great preseason and starting to find the scoring touch a little bit recently, two goals and an assist in the last three games. And more so than that, just a very physical player, very big player. Uh, he'll throw his weight around out there. Last time I checked, he he leads the Rangers and hits by a pretty comfortable margin. And I just get the feeling that this could be a kind of a chippy game. It got pretty chippy the last time. Um, you know, these teams were mixing it up a little bit after the whistle. So one way or another, whether he scores or not, I think Will Cooley's probably going to be in the middle of everything. And um, I feel like we could see a fight at some point in this game. Somebody's going to drop the gloves at some point. You know, they just played each other. Very competitive game. And uh, the temperature definitely rose as that game progressed. Um, so, you know, you don't have to have a long memory to, to remember the things that happened in that game. So, uh, yeah, I, I could see a fight breaking out. And I don't know. I just get the feeling it might be Will Cooley uh, that's in the middle of it. Yeah, it, I, I mean, the Wild are not afraid to mix it up. And so uh, there could certainly be some fisticuffs in this game, especially because it sounds like Zach Bogosian is going to play for the Minnesota Wild in this game after being acquired from the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. He's not afraid to mix it up either. So now you've got him, you've got Pat Maroon, you've got Marcus Foligno, you've got Ryan Hartman, all those guys. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me uh, in the slightest uh, if that happens. Yeah, we were talking off air real quick because that actually happened just a few hours ago here as, as we're recording this. But the Bogosian pickup, um, feeling, feeling good about that? They didn't have to give up a whole lot. I think it was just a late round pick, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, seventh round pick. They end yeah. up recouping a fifth round pick by trading Kalen Addison to uh, the San Jose Sharks. And obviously, Addison was a prospect that uh, certainly looked good as the uh, the power play quarterback for the Wild over the last couple of seasons. He struggled defensively. He was showing some signs of kind of playing better here this season, but ultimately the Wild looked at it as an opportunity for him to get a change of scenery. Just wasn't working out here. And you bring in a guy in Bogosian who's a vet. He's big, which is something that this decor needs is just some size. Now, it uh, it takes some speed off the board. But honestly, 
Uh, if you can get somebody that's going to help clean the front of the net up uh, and add it to this decor, I'm all for it. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I figure uh, we could wrap up this special crossover episode, tossing out a couple predictions. I know we both mentioned that, uh, you know, it could be a heated game. There there could even be a fight. You know, that that's certainly a thing that could happen. Um, but is there anything you want to throw out there as far as like final scores, somebody to, to score a goal for the wild, Any anything off the wall you want to put out there? I'm feeling four to three Minnesota wild. And I think Matt Zuccarello will score because it seems like he always does against the New York Rangers in a Minnesota yeah. wild uniform. And as much as I want to do it for this game, I'm not going to call the Mark Andre Fleury goalie goal. I think just because he is chasing a record this year, there's going to be something crazy else that happens with him. And so I'm, I'm on goalie goal watch for the, uh, the rest of the season, but I don't think he'll get that here. Ewer's been close a couple of times, so, uh, you know, you, you never say never. You know, it'd be fun to, to see that happen one way or the other. Um, you know, maybe maybe somewhere down the line, you know, Igor can yeah. do it against a different team. Fleury can do it against a different team, and we can both enjoy it. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I'm going to say it's so hard to predict this because, like I said, it, the Ranger goalie could be one of four different players. But I'll just say I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be competitive. I'll say 3-2 Rangers. A little bit on the low-scoring side, I'll also – uh, have this game going into overtime, but not the shootout this time. Um, yeah, you know, I, I feel like it's one of those games that, given all the things we just mentioned, the fact that this is maybe going to be a heated game, I feel like it's uh, a situation where you're going to have to fight for every inch of the ice, and I just yeah. feel like that might result in a little bit of a lower scoring game, you know, despite all the talent on both sides. But yeah, man, I mean, your your guess is as good as mine right now because of the Ranger goalie situation, but I will say uh, three or two Rangers uh, in overtime in this one. Yeah, and I, I'd be perfectly happy with the point in this game because, you know, you've already won against the Islanders. If you can get a point here and turn around and beat the Sabres, that ends up being a very successful road trip for the Minnesota Wild. Absolutely. And so, uh, Seth, this is a ton of fun, man. We'll have to do this again uh, somewhere down the road. I know they've already played each other a couple of times, but we'll, fi we'll figure out a reason to do another crossover. Yeah, most definitely. We'll get one in. All right, sounds good. And uh, Ranger fans, Wild fans, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next time.